Welcome to Big Bear Christian Center Sermon Audio. Let's join in with Pastor Mickey Hall on this New Year's message. We're starting a brand new year. And I was praying this morning. I woke up at about 5 o'clock. And um, I usually go for a prayer run in the morning. But because I was doing this today, I didn't go. And so I had a time of prayer from about 5 until 7 this morning. And I was praying, if you were up at 6.20, you saw the sky. It was beautiful pink and blue at 6.20 this morning. It was gorgeous. And um, I was thinking a brand new year. A brand new year is coming in tomorrow, which means today's my last day to have a triple bacon cheeseburger. And... (laughs) My wife has been, we've been having our grandchildren and my kids at home over Christmas, and we've been eating a lot of vegetarian meals. And last night we had another vegetarian meal. And I was telling her, I was having her poke my, I said, feel my stomach, there's nothing in there. I need to go eat two cheeseburgers. Um, but, uh, so there's a lot of people who, this, this is the last day to go screw up. Um, And then after that, they're going to take about 10 days off, and then they're going to screw up again. (laughs) But have you ever wondered what the goals are for the rest of the world? Don't you wonder about that? Like, what does the rest of the world, what do they care about? So I looked up all the goals that I could find on the Internet, and most of them were the same, and they were surprisingly good. I was surprised. shocked at some of the things that were not on their top 10. But the top 10 this year in 2018 is to get more healthy or fit. You know, normally it's like Rob said, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Well, no, now we're going to get healthy and fit on top of that. Um, We're going to get more organized. Uh, Live life to the fullest. I'm not sure what they meant by that. Uh, Learn a new hobby. Spend less, save more. Travel read more, lose weight, eat more healthy, drink less alcohol, spend more time with family and friends. And when I saw those, I thought, those are pretty good. Um, But what's missing from those? Yeah. Where's God in the middle of all that? But can't we turn all of those into godly um, priorities? Couldn't we? Like, to get more healthy and fit. Why? so we can serve, right? Um, To get more organized, why do we need to get more organized? Well, I need to be able to find the things in my garage that I couldn't find before. Um, We had a fire two years ago on Christmas and our house burned and we had about $300,000 of damage to our house. And for a long time, I couldn't find things in my garage because everything got shoved in the garage. So now I've got my tools all organized, and my kids have all come in and said, Dad, we've never seen a garage like this. Um, And I was like, yeah, well, now I'm retired, and so I don't have anything to do, so everything's getting organized. Um, So the rest of the world, they need to retire so they can get organized. Um, Live life to the fullest. I was, like, really curious about that. Live life to the fullest. (laughs) What does that mean? Um, But then I was thinking about what that does mean. And I was thinking about before I was a Christian, and I spent a lot of time in the Pacific Ocean 
And I used to call it dancing in the ocean. We'd surf in the ocean. Now I call it stumbling in the water. Um, don't get up so quick anymore. But uh, when I would surf, I would, when I was paddling out, I always felt before I was a Christian that the water was washing over me and I kind of felt like the world was getting left behind. And there was something really refreshing about that. But after I came to know the Lord and I was paddling out and I was duck diving under waves, I was thinking, this is like being baptized on every wave. Every wave I'm getting washed clean by the Holy Spirit. And so it takes on a different meaning for you. The thing that had meaning before now has more meaning. And that's what I think they're meaning by live life more fully. But you can't do that without Jesus. Uh, spend less, save more. I was like, really? Is that really the goal in the United States? Spend less, save more? On Friday, I went down with my wife and we were taking my daughter uh, back to the airport. She's flying back to Boulder. And my wife wanted to go shopping and I, I cannot shop very long. I have shopping disability. And uh, if I shop very long, I get weak knees. Um, so uh, when she went shopping, I went to Bass Pro Shop because I can't actually shop there. Um, but I went into Bass Pro Shop and I needed some 20 pound test line so I could go out in the water and catch bluefin tuna. And, and so I, I got that line and I went to get in the line and this is after Christmas, you know, this is after Christmas. And I go to get in line at Bass Pro Shop, they got all of their counters open and there's 30 people in every line. I went and took that line, put it back and walked out. <laughs> said, I am not good at shopping. It's just not my thing. Um, travel, how about travel? Can we travel? Yeah, we can travel, can't we? I like traveling. Uh, my, my wife and I went to Malawi. Um, we went traveling. We saw about 1,400 kids while we were traveling there because she's a nurse and we were taking care of kids. Um, so I like to travel. But we can turn travel into a godly thing because Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, didn't he? Uh, read more. I like to read. Do you guys like to read? Uh, my goal last year was to read 25 books, and I think I read 28 books. If you guys want to read a really good book, uh, this is one called So You Want to Be Like Christ by Chuck Swindoll. And it's really good, and it brings a workbook with it. So if you want to read something that's very good, I actually was going to share with you today a lot of things out of here. And then the Lord told me, no, I don't want you to share. He already shared those things. I want you to share something that I give you, not something out of But his book, this is an awesome book. So if you want to read more, this is a great book. How about lose weight? Can we turn that into a godly goal? Yeah, we can. Um, how about my body is God's temple, so I need to take care of it so I can serve. And so, but it's... The world has got it a little mixed up. Um, they think that we need to lose weight so we'll look better. I'm way past looking better. That's over. Um, I'm done with that. Uh, that was about 30 years ago. Um, but now, but we do think in terms of uh, losing weight so 
that we can be fit so that we can serve. The other day, my grandchildren were visiting us, and uh, they're from, my son adopted four children from Ethiopia, and so they're from Africa, and so I had set aside a, a bunch of wood to cut up because on Christmas, I wanted them to help me cut up the wood, and then we were going to go take it to an elder, uh, a, a woman who's um, a little older than I am. And so <laughs> we wanted to bless her, and she's a widow. And so when we were deliver cutting up the wood, my granddaughter said to me, Papa, why are we doing this? And I said, well, because this is what God tells us to do. And she said, where does it tell us to do that? I was telling her in the book of James, it says um, to visit widows and orphans in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. This is pure religion. And she goes, Papa, does it really say that? <laughs> like, yeah, let me show you. Um, and so we have an opportunity to serve. And as we get older, that opportunity for me, I'm 66, and so the, um, not everything works as well. My knees are not as good as they used to be. And so for me, um, staying healthy and is a, so that I can serve. And if I don't stay healthy, I can't serve as well. How about drink less alcohol? Well, as believers, we know that we're not to be, it doesn't say that we can't drink. Um, I don't drink because I don't like the way it tastes. Quite honestly, I just think anybody who drinks alcohol, their taste buds must be dead or something. Um, because, I mean, I drink grape juice and wine, and I'm like, grape juice, wine? Grape juice, any day. I don't get it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> spend more time with family and friends. That's a godly goal, isn't it? We don't really even have to change that. We know that that's part of what God has for us. But what I want to read to you today is uh, two passages out of Scripture, and I want to talk to you about those two. But I like the song that we were singing, uh, that we want to know him better. We want to know him more. And then after that, it said, I surrender. And I was thinking to myself, do I really surrender? Do I really give up? what's coming this year. Have you thought about this year? There's 365.24 days in a year. Do you know that? 365.24. I'm always, where did the .24 go? I don't ever get that. I don't know. Um, there's 8,765.82 hours. There's 525,949.2 minutes. And there's 31,556,952 seconds. What are we going to do with it this year? And I, I was, have you ever asked Jesus, Jesus, did, did you set goals? Do you guys ever do that where you talk to Jesus? And I, I do this crazy thing, and I've done it for a long, long time, where I run up the mountain, and I have a prayer time with the Lord up on the mountain. And last year, running up Snow Summit, I found five cell phones and $165 in change. And my wife always tells me, don't people tell people you found $165 in change. All these people are going to be running up the mountain. I'm like, oh, sure they will. There's not that many crazy people in Big Bear. 
And, and so what I do is I run up the mountain and I have a prayer time with the Lord. And um, when, I was, when I was first talking to the Lord about running up the mountain, I, I thought this. I run up the mountain talking to him and then I listen to him when I come down. And, and I thought, at first when I started doing I thought, there's something wrong with that. Um, I need to listen when I'm going up because I can barely talk. And I <laughs> so I need to listen going up, and then I need to talk when I'm coming down because then I can actually breathe. Um, but, but the Lord was saying to me, no, you really don't. Because first you need to clear your mind, and it takes you all the way up before you stop rambling and you're w ready to start listening. I was... <laughs> I was thinking, oh, do I really ramble that much? But I felt like that's what the Lord was saying to me. So today what I want to do is share with you a passage from Philippians. So open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. And we're going to read some verses that I, I want to talk to you about because I was going to share some things just out of Swindoll's book, but the Lord started speaking to me saying, I don't want you to... Uh, share what he is sharing. I want you to share what I've been sharing with you. And you know, that's what we're supposed to do with each other. When it says to come with psalm and hymn and spiritual song in scripture, it means when we come to church, we need to be sharing with each other what the Lord is saying to us. Not only does Rob bring the word, but we all bring the word. And without all of us bringing the word, it's not complete. And, and the Lord's speaking to all of us every day. Imagine that it says in the Gospel of John that he's interceding for us moment by moment. Can you, can you grasp that? He's interceding for us moment by moment. And at the end of the day, uh, today, we're going to read uh, the Gospel of John chapter 17. We're going to read verses where Jesus actually was praying for us. Um, but we're going to start out with Philippians 3 because I, I want to share some things with you that God was speaking to me about this. But, was, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Today, what we're going to ask you to do, we're going to pass around envelopes and a sheet of paper. And I'm going to ask you to write down, because I'm a teacher, so I have to give you a, an assignment. It's just part of it. Uh, but what I want you to do is think about this. What priorities is God speaking to you about this year? And... and to give you some time, I want you to think about that. What godly priorities does God have for you this year? And this is a good lesson for me to do. Um, 
because I'm retired and I have no idea what I'm supposed to do tomorrow, <laughs> let alone the next day. I used to know. When I was a teacher, I knew. I had a group of about 20 kids uh, who were great kids, and then I coached another group of about 60 kids, and those kids were like little... Um, they were like safes that you were trying to get the combination to to figure out what combination to get into them so that you could teach them. And I knew every day that was my job, to find their combination, to spin it and see if I could find it to get in to teach them. And I knew what my job was. Now I'm retired, I have no idea what my job is. No idea. Every day I wake up and I go like this, Lord, what should I do today? <laughs> um, which is pretty awesome uh, because I'm going to share a few things that the Lord has spoke to me about things that we needed to do. But I, I want you to think about this, this part of knowing. Do you notice in that passage that I read that it said knowing Christ Jesus twice? He repeated the same thing twice, knowing Christ Jesus. And when I went up, was running up on the mountain, I was going like this. Lord, do I really know you? Do I really know? Have you ever thought about this? Think about this. Do you know the things that you do that give him great joy? Do you know the things that you do that give him great joy? I used to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, what do I do that gives you great joy? And then I, I would ask him this question too. Have you ever thought about what that word know means? It comes from the Greek word gnosis. And, and it's talking about not knowing about someone. It's talking about knowing someone. Have you ever thought about intimacy? What is intimacy? My, we were discussing this at um, Christmas time with our family. And my daughter-in-law said, I like to think of intimacy as into me you see. Intimacy, into me you see. And I thought, what a great definition. Because that's how I want to be with the Lord. Lord, into me you see. And yet I want it to be the other way. Lord, into you I see. And I want to know the things that I do that make you sad. That was one of the things I asked the Lord. Lord, what, it, what are some of the things I do that make you sad? And do you know what he had to say to me? I'm going to share them with you. This is what he had to say to me. And he said this to me over and over and over again. Extend grace, withhold judgment. Extend grace, withhold judgment. And I'll tell you why he said that to me. Because I was a coach. I was a teacher, and I used to always look at my kids and say, what's working? And if it wasn't working, I'd change it. I'd throw it out. And, um, and so a lot of times I would be teaching a lesson, and it wouldn't be working, and I'd go, I'm chucking that lesson. It's not working. I'm throwing it away. And so I was always evaluating, and part of that evaluation process switched over to people. I didn't mean it to. I really didn't want it to. But it started going over to people. And almost when you read the gospel and you see everywhere, it talks about grace, 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 grace. 
grace, grace. And it talks about don't judge, don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. And I'm like, duh. The Lord says to me, you know, extend grace, withhold judgment. I'm going, no kidding. Good one, Lord. Okay, I got that one. So the Lord was speaking that to me. And I'm thinking that I'm not the only one probably that he wants to say that to. He said it to me, but I thought, oh, that probably works for other people too. But then God started speaking other things to me when I said, God, what do I do that you like? Because I wanted to know. I want to do more of what he likes and less of what he doesn't like, right? Um, Because I really want to know him. I want to know him. And when I get to heaven, I want him to be able to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. That's my goal. That's my priority. That's what I'm looking for. And I think that's what you're looking for because that's why you're in church the day, the day of uh, New Year's Eve. Notice not everybody who's here who has been here the other weeks I've been here. There's not as many people. So you guys here, you guys are probably pretty serious about your faith. Right? And you guys are saying, I want to know him too. Now, I want to know him. Well, we're going to take some time after I get done sharing the things that the Lord's saying to me because I want him to share with you what he wants from you. Because God wants something from you. This is another thing God spoke to me when I was up on the mountain. Would you just shut up? <laughs> Could you just shut up and listen for a little while? I'm not. I found out I was not very that good at listening. And I was like, oh, that's a hard one. So lately, my daughter's been saying to me as she's been visiting with us, Dad, what's the matter? Because if I'm not talking all the time, she thinks something's the matter because that used to be life. And so I'm listening more because I'm saying, I want to be a better listener. Because I already know what I'm thinking. I want to know what he's thinking. And so I've been listening more. And, and so my granddaughter, we were talking about this at the dinner table. And my little granddaughter, Lily, uh, she's such a great kid. She, she loves the Lord, but she's a little uh, spitfire. <laughs> and, and so she says, Grandpa, when I listen, I don't hear anything. <laughs> And I said, join the team, Lily. That happens to me a lot. And I said, uh, but, I said, but Lily, let's talk about listening. Uh, when you listen to God, you don't listen with your ears. You've got to listen with your heart. And you have to be taking some of the word of God and planting it in your heart so that he can speak those words to you. And in order to meditate on the word, you have to have memorized a bunch of the word because you have to have it in your head so that it can get to your heart, so that God can speak to you through his word. That's one of the ways that he speaks to us is through his word, but there's other ways. Have you ever had God speak to you out loud? Okay. Some of you have because you hear things. Some of you actually do hear the Lord speaking. And, and I, mean, I mean that seriously. Sometimes we hear voices, but it's not God's voice. And sometimes we're hearing God's voice, and you will know. Have you ever known that he spoke to you? I was coaching, and my son Ryan and I were running up this mountain, and 
I said to him, Ryan, I need to stop and pray. And my son Ryan goes, Dad, you never just stop and pray. I go, I need to stop and pray here. I don't know why. I just need to stop and pray. Just keep going. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's fine. You're going to sit here and stop, and I'm going to keep going. I'm going, yeah, I'm the coach. Get going. And, and so Ryan goes taking off up the mountain. And, um, and as I was praying, the Lord gave me a, just a word of knowledge. And Ryan was... Uh, he was a sophomore. He never, we didn't have a cross-country team at the high school. He'd never run. And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. This is all he said. Ryan's going to run all around the world. And I was like, oh, really? He just started running. And so Ryan came back, and he said, Dad, what did he say? And I said, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge that you were going to run all around the world. And he, <laughs> he just laughed. And he said, Dad, you are a nut. And he... And he <laughs> And he, um, and he ran the rest of the way down. Now, why did the Lord give me just that word of knowledge? When Ryan was a sophomore at Stanford, uh, he had won a bunch of races when he was in high school. But when he went to Stanford, he hadn't won a race for a year and a half. And he quit and he came home. And he said, I'm not very good. I'm not very fast. And I, and I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah. I'm not good and I'm not fast and I and he quit. He left Stanford. He had a full ride to Stanford. He came home. Said I'm not going there. And I I said you can come home and get your dream back. And when you get your dream back, you're going back. And so he just laughed. He goes, "Dad, I'm not going back." And so sometimes we get a word of knowledge to show us something because we're going to need a word of encouragement along the way. And that's what that word of knowledge is for. It's not to puff us up or make us go, oh, God spoke to me. It's not any of that. It's because God has a purpose in it. And he has a purpose. So when he gives you a word of knowledge in church, you need to share it because it has a purpose. And if you withhold it, then the people... So Ryan said to me, Dad, what about that word of knowledge? I was going to run all around the world. Yeah, well, he ended up running a year later. He went back to school. He won the NCAA championship in the 5,000 meters. He got a professional scholarship, and he ran in Beijing and London and Amsterdam, and he ran all around the world, literally all around the world. And so, listen, God gives you a word of knowledge just to encourage someone. And it's not normally about you. But here's the thing, if you're not listening, you're not going to hear it. When he asked me to stop running, I, at first I was like, Lord, I, what? Stop running? Why am I going to do that? I don't stop running. And the Lord's like, oh yeah, you are now. Stop running. Listen. And so the Lord wants to speak to us like that. But I'm convinced when I was talking to Lily later, we don't hear him. He speaks to us, and we're not listening, or we can't hear. Have you ever thought about reasons why we don't hear from the Lord? There are reasons. Me, I just don't hear very well. My wife has to yell at me because my hearing's not, I mean, that's not the only reason I don't hear from God. Um, but we don't, I mean, literally, my hearing in one ear is not that good. I've used a lot of saws and cut a lot of wood and so my hearing's not all that great um, but that's not the main reason 
the main reason we don't hear from God is because um, we have we have done what the world does with God. I was talking to James coming in. We were talking about some people that he knows and some things have happened with those people and not very good things. And so they blame God for what happened. It's God's fault. That's funny. He gives them free will choice to choose whatever that they want. They choose whatever they want. Then something bad happens. Then it's God's fault. And I'm going, hmm. That, that doesn't really fly scripturally because we know that God wants to speak to us. This is what we know. God wants fellowship with you every day. And that his goal is that you would know him and know him intimately, that he would speak to you and to me about what we're going to do tomorrow. Do you know what you're going to do tomorrow? Besides watch the football game? I'm going to watch the football game. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's two really good college football games on. But what about after that? Do you know what you're going to do? Do you know where you're going? I don't. I really, I, I'm serious. I don't have a clue where I'm going. But the Lord knows. And so all I got to get is intimate with him. And then he reveals that plan with me day by day. This is how he does it for me now, day by day. Today, I want you to do this. So I'll give you an example. Susan and I, after church one day, and was it here? I don't, when we met that Australian kid? Yeah, we'd gone to church here, and we often go for a hike. And so um, we went for a hike over on Palik, and we normally don't hike Palik this time of year, but because we don't have any snow and there's no snow there, we're hiking over in Palik Canyon. And this guy, so we're, we just felt like the Lord's telling us go over there and hike. So we did, and we go over there and hike. And this guy comes walking down the trail. He's walking uh, in his socks with his shoes off, and he's got his backpack on. And he's a Pacific Crest Trail guy who's come from Canada going the other way to Mexico, which is that time of year in November. This is like bizarre. <laughs> I mean, and, I, and we looked at first thing I do, I looked down on him going, where's your shoes? And he goes, my feet are hurting. And so Susan and I, we invited o him over for dinner. And he spent the night. He got a shower. But we were on that trail, and we met up with that kid because we're listening to the Lord. And the Lord's saying, today you're going to go oh, hike over there. And I have a guy over there that I want you to meet. Have you ever had the Lord speak to you like that? So one day, I go over to Pacific Crest Trail. Well, James and I, we went and we felt like that the Lord wanted us to hang energy bars on the Pacific Crest Trail during the time that everybody was hiking. And so we took Bible verses and we wrapped them around the energy bars. And we took fishing line and we hung them up. At James and I, we were running down Pacific Crest Trail, hanging up these energy bars. And so uh, we see this guy walking and this He's an older guy like me, and he's been hiking all day. And I mean, we made these bars. They bump you right in the head. I mean, they're hanging right in the middle of the trail. But this poor guy, he's not very tall, and his backpack is on his back, and he's going like this. And he is, that's all he can do. And I, we stop him, and I go, did you get any energy bars? And he goes, what energy bars? I didn't see any. He had his head down. He's walking by him. And we're going... We've hung up about 40 of them, <laughs> and, 
And he's, he turns around like, I'm going to go back. And I go, no, just keep going. There's about 20 this way. Just keep on going. And so then we see another guy who's on the trail. And the guy's hiking on the trail. And he's a young guy. And he's going down the trail. You remember this guy, James? And this guy's hiking down the trail. And, and I go, hey, did you get any energy bars? And he goes, no. He's talking to us in a, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not good at imitating um, accents, but he says, no. And then we go, why didn't you grab energy bar? He says, wrong name. It says Mark, Luke, John. I'm not any of those. <laughs> and we're going. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not it, you know. We, those are Bible verses, you know, that we wrapped around the bars, you know. And so, but, but on that trail, another day I'm running, and I'm, I'm running on the trail, and the Lord speaks to me before I start. I'm having a prayer time. The Lord says, you're going to meet someone today who's having a heart problem. And I'm like, that specific. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Lord, and what do you want me to do with that, <laughs> you know? So I'm running down this trail, and there's all these people on Pacific Crest Trail, and every person I run by, you know, I'm looking at them like, is this the one, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this guy having a heart problem? And so I'm going down the trail, and I've run down the trail past seven people. I've now uh, run about, oh, I don't know, five miles one way. I figure I'm getting tired. I better turn around and run the other way. I guess I'm not going to meet the person who's, you know, having a heart problem. So I'm running back the other way, and I'm about a mile and a half from my truck, and here's this guy, big guy, with a backpack on, and he's beet red. It's a, hot, it's a pretty hot day. And when I get close to him, I see he's just pouring sweat. And I stop, and I say, are you okay? And he says, no, I've been praying for someone to stop and help me. I, I take his pulse. His pulse is at 210 beats a minute. I get his backpack off. I get him to sit down. And he tells me he's had Sue's angioplasty oh, 10 days before. And I'm like, ah, you know. And you're hiking Pacific Crest Trail. Like, did you lose your brain or what? No, I didn't say that to him. <laughs> uh, but, but that's what I was thinking, you know. Like, are you a nut or what? Uh, but so I brought him home. I took his backpack off him. I carried his backpack to my truck. And I tried to say, hey, I think I need to take you to the ER. He's like, no, I don't want to go there. I'm going, well, my n wife is a nurse. She'll have a look at you. And so he ended up ha coming to our house, resting. Suze looked at him. He called his wife who came and got him. And that was that specific that the Lord spoke to me and said, you are going to, and I, when the Lord said it to me, I'm not kidding you, it wasn't like I was full of faith. I was like, what? You know, like, are you kidding me? What, what am I going to do with that guy? That's what I was thinking. So the Lord wants to speak to us all the time, but I'm convinced that I don't hear him most of the time. Most of the time. I do hear him once in a while when I purposed that I'm going to listen and then I'm going to be listening not only to the Lord's voice, but to the word as he's speaking to me. So what is the Lord saying to you this year? What are God's priorities for you this year? What does he have? 
this is what we want you to do. I want you to take the envelope. I want you to put your address on it because we're going to mail it back to you one year from now. And this is, we're going to take a few minutes right now and pray. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to talk to the Lord and invite him to speak to you about this year and about what he has specifically for you this year. And then I want you to write it down. And I also want you to do this. I want you to, if you have a pressing need, pray. Write your prayer down. If you have a pressing need, something that you really need from the Lord. Do you know in John 17, when Jesus prayed, his beginning of his prayer was he prayed for himself. And then he prayed for his disciples, and then he prayed for all other believers in that order. It's okay for us. Uh, the Lord always said to me, go ahead and tell me what you need first, and then I'll talk to you after. The Lord wants to hear from us what we really need, what's really pressing on us. He wants to know. So let's take a few minutes. I'm going to pray for us, okay? And then you can pray quietly for a few minutes. I'm good at wait time. Um, we're going to take five minutes and do this, okay? And then I'm going to close quickly after that, okay? Lord, I know that you have much to say to us about this coming year. Lord, about people that we're going to meet, about people that we're supposed to touch their lives. Lord, about family members. Lord, about our job. Lord, about our money. Lord, about relationships that we have with other people. Lord, about our neighbors and how we can reach those neighbors for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you speak to each one of us about, Lord, how to serve you better, how to know you better. Lord, how to be intimate with you. Lord, into you we see. Lord, let us know you better. Lord, show us as a church what you want us to be. Show us as followers of you, Jesus, how to walk in those steps. And as people write down godly priorities in their lives, Lord, I pray that you direct their hands. Lord, let your thoughts become their thoughts. Lord, let us be people that do what that song says, Lord, that we surrender. Lord, let us surrender things that don't belong. Lord, let us be willing to add things that you want to give us.
And as you're praying and writing, I want to read to you Jesus' prayer. This is Jesus' prayer when he prayed for all believers. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I may, myself may be in them. And that is how he prayed for us. Lord, I pray that as we go through this year, that it will be into me you see, Lord, and that I won't have things in the way. And that I won't keep you from areas of my life, Lord. And I pray for all of us sitting here, Lord, that into you we see. Lord, that we see you as you really are. And that we know you. And at the end of this year, Lord, we will say we know you better. So, Lord, uh, we ask that you just bless this congregation and bless Rob as he teaches us, Lord. Let us absorb your word and be obedient to your word, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.